Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. This is episode 103. My name is Jeffrey Morse. We got the whole crew back together t- today. Joining me here is Nathan Wagner. Hey, 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 ho! <laughs> and Rob Douglas. I'm not entirely sure what those sounds were, Nathan. <laughs> He's just excited to be here. We're all excited to be here. There's a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to be sharing about. Uh, games we kind of want to introduce to our uh, children someday so that'll be a really fun segment a little bit a uh, different thing we've never really done on the show before uh but we actually do have uh, a lot of news to cover this week as well uh, first being the biggest game in the world fortnite has uh started its new season that would be uh season number five for fortnite and so basically uh, every couple months they reset the season update the map add a bunch of tweaks and new uh Cosmetic stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Fortnite Season 5 is pretty good. I think this has been my favorite kind of update for uh, Fortnite. I, I'm a casual Fortnite player. I play play every now and then. But uh, the best thing about this update is definitely the golf carts. <laughs> do, do you agree with this, Nathan? Yes. So Fortnite, for the longest time, you know, kind of came after PUBG, but has obviously surpassed and eclipsed PUBG in popularity. And But... The thing that everyone has been saying for the longest time is, oh, PUBG has vehicles. It's so fun to get in a vehicle, drive around with your friends, and kind of dominate the map. And um, Fortnite doesn't have that. But now, Fortnite has golf courts. You can get up to four players in there, correct? Yeah, you can get the- four players. One driver, one in the passenger seat, and like two like in the back. <laughs> and uh, the people who aren't driving can kind of you know shoot as you're going along. Nathan and I were just playing before the show. We like made like, a giant ramp and like jumped off with it, and you can do flips and stuff. And there's like drifting with like power slide mechanics with mini boost kind of like mario kart um the top of it is like a trampoline you can jump off of so just a really really fun awesome uh vehicle to play with yeah for sure and uh they all go ahead rob i think i read an article that was saying this like the worst idea to bring these into fortnite but it's the best idea at the same time like (laughs) well i'm sure maybe some hardcore players think oh it's you know ruins the flow of the game but well, like me, I don't I think, think it was amazing. hardcore players. I think literally the article's t- title was, this is the stupidest idea that is the greatest thing to come to Fortnite. <laughs> I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's Someone lots of trolly articles like that. Yeah, so. I know. It's, it's great. It, I love they it. They wanted to it talk about more fun. how fun the golf cart is to drive and how it's the greatest thing and how it really doesn't add to the game, but it just makes it so much better. It makes yeah. it way better. Um, well, when I first dropped in, they, they update the map every season. So I looked in, yeah. they like always change around certain areas of the map. And so I saw an area in the middle of the map called, uh, lucky links. I'm like links. And it was all grassy. I'm like, is that a golf course? So I go down there. I'm like, Whoa, it is a golf course. And sure enough, there was a golf cart you could ride around. And they even added in the ability to like, do like an emote where you like shoot a basketball or like hit a golf golf ball with a golf club. So you can actually kind of like play like these little sport mini games in games of uh, battle royale if you want to so pretty cool um also good on epic they listened to a uh, fan feedback on the switch version they have added in motion controls for the uh, nintendo switch version of fortnite which is pretty awesome those, those poor xbox players the splatoon 2 players are going to yeah. come in and wreck them <laughs> yeah but no it, they work out pretty well i i've been pretty happy with the amount of customization and uh just the ability to do that you don't have to play with it like its default is off but you yeah. can do that on the Switch version, which is really cool. A lot of people ask for that. And, yeah, uh, it feels good, too. Like it, I've definitely played games where the motion controls didn't feel very good, mm-hmm. and it just kind of felt very tacked on, but it seems like they play-tested it a lot, and it feels awesome. Yeah, got out quickly, too. Like yeah. It's only been out on Switch for a month, so mm-hmm. um, awesome to see that. And just, yeah, the new map is cool. There's a giant 
Viking ship up on the mountain on the corner of the map and this whole desert area. So if you play Fortnite, definitely jump into Season 5. Check out the new map. Let us know what you think. Uh, next news piece. Uh, Nintendo is releasing a forgotten arcade game today, or this week. Uh, it is called Skyskipper, and this was a game made in 1981, released by Nintendo. It was the kind of follow-up game after the hit of Donkey Kong. Like, we got to get another arcade game out there. It made this game called Skyskipper, which totally bombed and only got 10 cabinets released in North America. Um, now, these 10 cabinets still aren't out there today because they repurposed nine of them <laughs> to play the Popeye game that Nintendo also developed. But they kept one cabinet just for nostalgia's sake. And for, you know, preservation, they kept it in Nintendo of America's headquarters, locked away. And this year, it resurfaced, and they went in, they copied the ROM files from this old arcade machine, and are putting it out on the Nintendo Switch with online leaderboards. So it's really the first time most gamers, I think, will ever really be able to play this game is on the uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, available to download this week. And it's actually... We can't wait to play this game that didn't make it in the yeah. 80s, and is probably, like... Probably Not a terrible any game. better today. It's just a very interesting, uh, yeah. interesting game, and it's cool that you know it is available because no, it's cool. You figure a game like this would be lost forever. Yeah. In light of you know, like the SNES Classic released the uh, Star Fox Two game that was unreleased. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it was Jeff. You played it. You said it was a good game, but it felt like a good game that should have been released twenty years ago. It was a relic of the past for sure. It was not a good game by this today's standards. We have such different standards for video games today, and this game was a bomb yeah. in 1981, and yet we're going to try and release it into 2018 as if this is the greatest thing ever? <laughs> Not as if it's the greatest thing ever, I just think they're just putting it out there just because they can. Yeah, just for like video game historians and enthusiasts. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to tear up the charts or anything, but yeah, it is cool. I, Miyamoto actually did the cabinet art for the original game and stuff, so it's just kind of a cool piece. The, the premise is ridiculous. You're in a little airplane and you're shooting like these angry gorillas that look like DK to save like little rabbits in cages. It's really bizarre. It's probably not that fun, but it's a cool little piece of Nintendo history that we can play on the Switch if we want to. Now so. play for five minutes and go, wow, this is garbage, but I have it. <laughs> Rob is feeling extra sassy today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On other Nintendo news, and this is really good Nintendo news, I don't think anyone could be upset about, Bowser Jr. is getting nerfed in Mario Tennis Aces for the Switch. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been kind of complaining about how Bowser Jr. is so overpowered to the point where I feel like I'm forced to play as Bowser Jr. if I want to win online. So um, this is awesome to see Nintendo already responding with balancing updates in this um, sports online game and so Bowser Jr. will be getting nerfed and toned down they'll be switching around a couple other things and um, it's good to see Nintendo giving balancing and update support to um, this game it's only been out for a month and so it's good for me as a player of this game to see the support Nintendo is going to be giving it and hopefully we see some other characters uh, you know, rise to the top and switch up the meta of the online balance Are they, do you know if they're releasing like actual patch notes with they did, yeah. They, they already, did. already okay. released the patch notes. That's on good because I know website. sometimes Nintendo just changes the game, but they don't always release. They're full, infamous full notes. for the Smash Bros. Uh, for Wii U, they <laughs> yes. never release patch notes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're starting to release patch notes for Splatoon and like Arms and okay. this game. So good. hopefully, good, when good. the new Smash comes out, we'll get those notes as well. But yeah, a lot of little tweaks. You can read it on Nintendo's website mm-hmm. if you're interested. But good to see that the game will be getting yes. updates, and they're also adding new characters in every month. So pretty exactly. cool. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right, next one has to do with Uncharted. Rob, with you who? I know you were excited about this one, so tell us about it. All right, so one of the biggest fan outcries has been that Nathan Fillion looks just <laughs> like Nathan Drake. He acts like Nathan Drake. Most of the characters he plays in TV shows and movies are just like Nathan Drake. And uh, Nathan Fillion started teasing some pictures on Instagram the other day, and people were like, wait, what's going on? Why is he teasing these pictures of Uncharted? And then yesterday, they released a... It's about 15 minutes, 14 Mm -hmm. minutes long fan film of Uncharted, of Nathan Fillion being Nathan Nathan Drake. Drake. (laughs) Uh, it stars, and, and this isn't like a shabby cast either. It's got Stephen Lang as Sully, who, like, if anyone's going to play Sully, he makes a perfect Sully. Yeah, he was good. Um, I didn't know the actress who played Elena. She's not been in a lot, but they're also one of the main villains is pretty famous for beating up The Rock in the rundown uh, back, like, one of The Rock's famous films. But it's just. So you can tell it was, it was well put together. It wasn't like so some random YouTuber said, hey, I'm going to get this movie made. Like It was really well thought out. You could tell a lot of effort and money and time went High into it. High production this. quality. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like it felt like it almost was like a pilot for an Uncharted TV show or something. Yeah, totally. Well, like the way they set it up, the actual like story that's happening, the action and everything, they like do some really cool things with the camera. Like right when, the, right when Nathan, uh, he jumps out of the window and he lands and he starts to go into combat, combat yeah the aspect changes yeah yeah the, the it goes like over the shoulder it. almost like you're actually playing the game and well, he and jumps off from, something with combat and... it goes from like a narrower screen to a wider shot like mm-hmm. what happens when you're watching the cutscenes in the game and then you go to the actual action and the game screen fills up instead of being like a wide screen and so there's like little touches like that that just make it Perfect. Yeah, you could tell yeah. the director. You could, you could tell there was a lot of love put into it. Because, yeah. like, the biggest thing I notice is uh, kind of more towards the beginning, there's this part where he's fighting hand to hand combat, and all of the moves he does are, like, literally ripped straight from the game. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly <laughs> motion for motion how the uh, Nathan Drake, if you're playing it in his, as him in an Uncharted game, the exact same motions, which I was like, wow, that is some dedication. Yeah. So, you know, like the team, the director, just like, we're huge Uncharted fans, are like, we're very dedicated to making it very authentic yes. uh, to the, the source material. So, super when cool. They make the, Definitely they check make it the out. History, the history is super great in it as well, and it makes me want more. I was yeah. told Nathan, I was like, dude, they need to make this like into a full I thing. Know. Unfortunately, I, this is I, like not officially sanctioned by Naughty Dog. It's yeah, completely nothing to do with Sony or Naughty Dog. Yeah, it's so all on their own. But there's very little chance this will carry on. But I'd love to see Sony, this like become like a Naughty Dog, like a Netflix series or something where he gets picked up please. and you know gets a ten episode yeah. season or something. I think that would be cool. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. All right, next news piece has to do with everyone's favorite angry japanese uh game publisher konami uh again uh, against fans wishes they uh pulled a fan-made pt remake which of course was uh one of kojima's last games he worked on konami that infamously got canceled and never finished um but tell us about what they ended up doing they canceled this fan-made project rob and then what did they uh follow up with so it's kind of crazy we've seen konami just kind of be jerks lately and most of how they interact with particularly Kojima. But 
they actually, their lawyers approached this guy and they basically said, hey, so we love what you're doing. This is great, but you can't do this. You got to cease and, you know, desist and that sort of thing. But we want to give you an internship. So they literally took this guy that was making this PT remake and he was rebuilding the whole thing from the ground up and making it a whole game and offered him an internship. <laughs> Which is... Probably not what the guy expected, but is awesome. <laughs> so if you yeah. want to make video games, just start remaking a fan project and <laughs> just don't do a Nintendo property. That that's the only uh, yeah they're probably not going to hire you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but kind of a cool story. Yeah. So maybe to, uh, maybe we'll see uh, maybe we'll see this PT project resurface at some point in the future. You know, Sega did that with. Uh, um, you know the Sonic, Sonic Mania, Mania team. You know they were fan-made Sonic games, and they ended up hiring a lot of them, making their officially sanctioned Sonic, you know, fan game, and it turned out really good. Best Sonic game of the last decade. So we'll see. Um, last news piece here has to do with a little game called Dead Island Two, uh, and basically they announced that hey, this game is still in development this week. Uh, because this game originally got announced at Sony's, I think, E3 in 2014. Um, we saw some gameplay. And it looked pretty, like, complete. I think they announced the 2015 release date at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally yeah. uh, scheduled for a 2015 release date. Um, obviously, this is three years after 2015. Um, we still don't have a date or anything. No new news other than, hey, we're still working on it. I think they, I read that they switched developers. Like, Sumo Digital is now the lead uh Dev on well, it, but they changed publishers. This they changed. Well, they ha- they had developers or a, a game company that was doing it. They got fired, moved it to another company. They got fired, moved it to another company. They lot they dropped it. Like it's had three. It's had four different companies working on this game at this point, and Which doesn't bode well. <laughs> no. Uh, no, they just released a mobile game, Dead Island Survivors, that's free to play on your phones and everything, but. And when fans saw this, they were like, wait, so is Dead Island 2 not happening? The developers were like, no, 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 it's still coming. Just gotcha. so That's why they kind of announced that they're still working on it. Well, you can actually pre-order this game. Like, I went on Amazon. You could pre-order the game $60. Like, it's still supposedly coming. But we don't really have any other new news other than that. But it's supposed to be set in California. It'd be more of the original, you know, walking around an open world, fighting zombies with co-op and friends. So... Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see if we get more news maybe at PSX or something later this year. But still sounds like this is probably at least a year away and might not turn out that well. So <laughs> with all the zombie games coming with out, all like, the zombie this games probably isn't the one out, you should I feel like to. this game was like the first one when it came out was kind of it was a new new approach to zombie games. Mm-hmm. It was a slow a slower pace and stuff a like that. A lot of RPG elements. Um, a lot of RPG elements. But since that first game came out and then since they announced Dead Island 2, there's been a lot of zombie games that have come out, I feel like. And Dying Light, there's yeah, I, 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 Gone. <laughs> I don't have hope for, for this project. Yeah. No, I feel like this one's just going to kind of die by the wayside. And I actually have very little belief that this is going to come out ever. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into our main segment for today. Uh, we're thinking about, you know, what we should have for our main segment today, and we threw on a couple ideas, and we thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about, you know, what games really made an impact on us um, growing up and are just still so nostalgic and near and dear to our heart that, you know, when we, you know, Rob and I have kids, Nathan will hopefully have kids at some point, what games do we want our, you know, children to play in the future once they get to, you know, yeah. an age-appropriate 
that we thought you know we could share part of yeah. our you know gaming history and legacy well, and with like them. this question like if you're out there and you don't you're not married or you don't have kids or something like that or you don't ever want kids like this totally works for like your nephew or niece or something totally. like yeah. like that yeah too, or, yeah absolutely any so. really any really relative who hasn't really played games before exactly exactly um so uh nathan why don't you go ahead and start us off so i actually kind of took the question to mean like what what would be some of the first games that i would actually want to play with with a child oh, with or my child, child? Nice. yeah that, that was kind of how i thought of it yeah. so first one i put was mario kart 8 and that's because that game, especially the deluxe version on Switch, is, like, made around, like, basically anyone being able to pick up and play. They have all of those options where you can keep make sure your track, your cart stays on the track, you can't fall off, you can make it so it has automatic acceleration. So I can literally turn on all those options, mm-hmm. hand the controller to, like, my four-year-old or something like that, and be like, hey, let's play this game together, and... Me have a lot of fun playing the game, um, but also have my child have a lot of fun being able to just focus on, you know, pressing A to go or steering yeah. <laughs> or getting items. And um, Well, it's, it's very accessible. Like, if you start off with Super Mario Kart or Mario Kart 64 with your kid, like, you're going to be waiting, like, 25 minutes for them to finish each race because exactly. they don't know what they're doing. But Mario Kart is definitely more accessible. So that is a definitely a good one to start off if you're going to go Mario Kart. Yeah, and I think Mario Kart's a very friendly franchise that anyone can get can get into racing games are you know you're only controlling pressing a to go and then you know steering left and right and stuff like that versus something like that has much more complicated controls Mm -hmm. i think it's one of those few games that really like is the age like three to 100 like really anyone can play that game yeah and Mm -hmm. do well and enjoy it so exactly that's a really good pick nathan nice um i think for me I mean, you have to start a Super Mario Bros. 1, like the original Super Mario Brothers, just because, like, that game teaches you so much about, like, what you need to know for, like, pretty much any video game. Just, like, because the game design is so good, you know, you, you pop up, yeah. you hand the controller, you know, to someone, and you go, they've never played a video game before, and they start moving with the D-pad. They go, okay, that's to move. They go, oh, I can't go to the left. I'm going to go to the right. Oh, what is this? Oh, if you touch the Goomba, you die. All right. I'm going to try to jump over the Goomba now. Oh, I hit on the head. That's how you defeat enemies. You know? Oh, I got the block. Now I got a mushroom. What is... Oh, that gives me a power-up. And so it just really um, helps you kind of learn the flow of the game so well. Like, there's no tutorial needed. Just the first level just, you know, teaches you intuitively how to play that game. And I feel like, you know, if you play that game, it's going to teach you how to play other games. And not only that, it's one of the top games ever you know it's a game you can replay over and over you can play two players so you know i could play as mario you know beat the level mm-hmm. then my child could then play you know and try to emulate you know what yeah. they saw so i just think that is a great game for anyone to play still to this day so i have a question for jeff both you and rob mm-hmm. um because i feel like i've talked to people who are like oh man i really want like my child to play um games that i really enjoyed growing up yeah and then they get to it and like hey play this game and the kid's like <laughs> No, this game looks like the graphics look crappy. Like this game looks old. I don't want to play this game. Like, yeah. How would you? How do you deal with that? Like, let's say you you have your daughter mm. and you're like, hey, play Super Mario Brothers with me. The original Super Mario Brothers. Are, and she's like, no, I don't want to play that. I want to play something else. I feel like you got to like almost like start with Mario Bros. Which is why I kind of have it on this list. You know, like if they're used to playing like just Fortnite and like Minecraft and you know whatever else, like yeah. they're probably not going to want to go back and play something on the NES. But if you kind of like grow up with hey these are the games you kind of start playing and it's part of just the games they've kind of known and have started with like then i think they'll have a fondness for it you know if that's what they've kind of known as well like 
that's for me. That's why I love all these old NES games. My dad got them all in college, and he played them with me, you know, growing up before, you know, I played anything else. So I think you just kind of have to start with those. Cool. I think it's, yeah, and I, I would add to you that, because I totally agree with that, and that's what, exactly what I was going to say, is you it, you got to start them with stuff, because if they don't know Fortnite, they don't know, like, you know, Uncharted-level <laughs> graphics, then they don't know any better. Uh-huh. And you can start them wherever 2D pixelated graphics you want. But I think the other thing is, you're, you just got to build into your kids a love for what you're doing, why yeah. you're doing this, and the time you're spending together doing this. Yeah. And that doesn't need to be, like, a hugely, highly glorified graphic intensive game. Mm-hmm. You can do that with Mario Bros. 1 or even, like, some of the old school, or even, like, Mario Kart 8, where it does have some flashier graphics. But, like, you're just kind of, you're building into the then the mentality yeah. of, why are we doing this for fun to to bond to that sort of thing yeah and especially when they're young too like children like want to do what you're doing like they want to be involved with what you're doing they're gonna like if i'm playing super mario bros she's gonna want to come up and play super mario bros like you know it's more about just spending time and doing you know what what your dad or mom is doing and stuff so i think i think that's a big part of it too so that was Mm -hmm. a cool good question nathan all right um rob so I kind of cheated a lot on this one. <laughs> but what I thought of is I thought of what is one of the games that I got into when I was a really little kid and how did I first get into video games really and like going back to my PC point and click roots, you know. I mean, I could shout out to like Jumpstart and all the great educational games, you know, Math Blasters and that sort of thing. Blue Finders. Reader Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zoom you minis. all have one. I'm sure if we asked everyone, in fact, you know, if you're on Twitter, hit us up uh, at hey, listen, underscore games. Let us know what is your educational or your, your first, you know, <laughs> little kid educational games. But the games that I thought of were humongous games, which is Putt-Putt, Freddy Fish, uh, Pajama Sam, and Spy Fox. Because the first game I remember ever playing was Putt-Putt Goes to the Moon. Like, <laughs> if, I go, to the moon. if I go back, for this memory back, that's one of the first games I remember playing on computer and going, wow, this is so cool. And doing this click and point is super easy. It's simple. Kids love it. I love it. I still love it. And you can buy them all on Steam. Nice. So yeah, that is nice that it's well, still accessible. And, like you don't have to have a Windows ninety eight set up or anything. Yeah, exactly. And those kind of games are so perfect for kids too because they're controlling it with a mouse, so they just kind of need to move around, and you just kind of point and click on things, and f- you use that to figure out what you're doing to move forward. But there's no there's no complicated controls or anything like that, and they can kind of have the freedom and time. There's not a time limit or mm-hmm. anything like that, so they have the freedom and time to explore. And yeah, and it's all around. hand-drawn animation and stuff, so like it's very, I think, appealing to kids and stuff too. And it's timeless. I mean, the the graphics are not necessarily like the the they don't age as much as like the pixelated two D graphics. It looks, looks fine. Yeah, it still but looks it's good. not something like Super Mario sixty four where. Like, you go back and look at that game now and just the early, very early 3D polygonal graphics. While, yes, we love Super Mario 64, Mm -hmm. the visuals in that game have not aged as well as some other games. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I I loved playing. I played Putt-Putt, a couple different Putt-Putt games, and I played Freddy uh, Freddy Fish. 
And yeah. I feel like there was one other one that I played a lot as well, but I don't remember. Yeah, Pajama Sam. <laughs> Pajama Sam. I played. I think I played one Pajama Sam. Yeah. I mean, just, Spy Fox. I just have so many memories of just like random like quotes from those games that somehow just got burned into my mind. Dude, I played <laughs> the no. Acting. So the first putt putt game I ever played, I played actually at my friend my neighbor's house who was Russian. So the mm-hmm. entire game was in Russian. <laughs> so like I had no idea what they were saying. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's just that's really cool. And it was all like it no, all but it was all in Russian. Like it was complete voice, fully yeah. voice acted in Russian. That's as impressive well, which I for was pretty cool. an old game. Yeah. Yeah. If you so guys fun. go, you can buy Putt Putt and you can play it in Russian. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of want to buy it just to play it in Russian now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of uh, goals right there. That's yeah. funny. Um, all right, so let's go back to you, Nathan. What's uh, another game? Another game I would love to play with my child is a new one of the new Super Mario Brothers games. And I'm sure Nintendo will probably keep making these cooperative Mario um, 2D, 2D Mario games. So yeah. you want one of those Switch. because I think... Um, when I think about playing, like playing with my child, obviously I want something that's cooperative and co-op so that we can both play together. And New Super Mario Brothers is perfect for that. You can have one person. You can work together. You can also like once they get a little bit older, you can start being mean and <laughs> destroying each other and throwing each other off, hogging all the power. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I said before, a little bit of a slower paced game. You can go through the level together, and I think it'd be. Um, and I think it'd be a great kind of introductory Mario game as well because you can play. I chose this over something like Super Mario Brothers One or Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers Three because you can play together instead mm-hmm. of yeah, for sure. Playing, it's it's co-op games. at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's a really good choice. And I'm surprised you picked that because you. Uh, I feel like you hate on the new Super Mario Bros. games. Oh, a lot. I hate on them <laughs> a ton. I ju- I just think it is a the kind of game that would be because you think about like introducing a kid to video games and. Uh-huh. A 2D platforming game where they only need to be able to like move left and, and right and run and jump is mm-hmm. super um, is super intuitive and easy to pick up. Yeah, so. it's really perfect because the controls are really simple, and so I don't have to. It's not like you know trying to figure out how to play Halo for the first time or you know, yeah, something exactly. That's got like any 3D controls. game, especially if you have to control the camera, like that's really hard for anyone who hasn't played video games before mm-hmm. to be able to like, oh, I have to control running movement with one stick and the camera with another. Yeah. And dual yeah. analog is uh, you know. Down the road. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you'll get there one day. I think I think we're gonna skip New Super Mario Bros. in my house. We're just gonna go straight to Mario Maker. And I'm gonna have them play brutal levels. Uh, let's put them straight oh into the fire. Gosh, you are into an the evil, evil father. <laughs> oh, you have dear. to beat this before you're allowed to play any other game. <laughs> While you're at it, you might as well just make them play Dark Souls. Uh, oh, dear. Or we can do a challenge. See if my child or Nathan can beat the level first. It'll be a close race. <laughs> Uh, your child will probably win. <laughs> I, I was going to say, my money's on the child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, that, uh, Jeff, what do you got? Fun. Um, mine's kind of similar. It's another kind of cooperative 2D uh, Nintendo platformer. Um, and it's Kirby uh, Superstar, which is the Super Nintendo uh, Kirby game. And the nice thing about this is if you don't have the cartridge, you can play it um, on the Wii, Wii U, or um, the Super Nintendo Classic. So pretty accessible by today's uh, standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of like Nathan said, this is a great game that's very accessible. The thing that I like about this over something like uh, Mario is there's no time limit on levels in Kirby. And um, I feel like it's definitely a lot easier overall as a game, so you can definitely make a lot of progression mm-hmm. if you know your child is pretty young or inexperienced and... Um, the co-op is just really fun because one person plays as Kirby, the other person plays as a buddy, and you know you can go through levels together, and you can you know find secrets or just go through it. But it's a game that really anyone can feel accomplished with. And the thing I love about 
um, Superstar is it kind of has five different little mini Kirby games in one. And so, you know, you could work your way through one game and then move on to the next one and, you know, have that sense of accomplishment by, you know, checking off all the different games you've beaten on that one, one game. So, yeah, really, really fun game. I think it's my favorite Kirby game overall, and it's also co-op in most of it, too. So. Yeah, and Kirby is one of the easier Nintendo franchises. Yeah, and kids generally. love Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a pink puffball. It's adorable. Like, what's, what's not to love? So That's um, true. Got, gotta love Kirby, the ultimate ultimate uh pink puff ball so. <laughs> yeah for sure no i think i think that's a, a good choice yeah rob i mean we have oh, like wait. a kirby stuffed animal like in or not stuffed animal but a kirby stuffy <laughs> from nintendo world in new york <clears throat> that we have in our house so i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get asked dad like what is this pink thing and oh he's in a game can we play the game so i'm pretty you, sure you have gonna, to convince your child that kirby happen. is a real animal in the world and they have to look hard enough for it <laughs> go kirby hunting in the backyard for three hours exactly. to entertain you today yeah seriously <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> oh my goodness so um again i'm cheating <laughs> so i'm really hoping that the nintendo 64 classic comes out um <laughs> Because I think if the Nintendo 64 Classic came out, this would cover most of the games I'm going to mention here. But really, when I think of childhood and some of the games I grew up playing, I remember a lot of just kind of the party games you could play on the 64. I think of Mario Kart. I think of uh, Super Smash Brothers. I think of um, Mario Party 2. I think of like Mario Tennis and Mario Golf. Um, even like there were some other party games that you could play, like Lego Racers, or you know, just some of these games that as Biggie's I grew wrecking up, balls, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just think of all these games that I Golden played. Goldeneye, you're gonna introduce your two-year-old to Goldeneye? No, <laughs> no guns. No, no, I didn't add sixty-four Mario sixty-four. I didn't add Ocarina of Time. I so don't add like multiplayer sixty-four. I'm talking, or you know, and even not adding Goldeneye because yeah, that's a little <laughs> too violent for a two-year-old. But like all these games, that are just cartoony mm-hmm. and really innocent and really fun. Like I love playing those games with my brothers now as an almost thirty-year-old, and I know that you guys enjoy playing that and i know that if you have nephews or nieces or little kids around and you bust out your 64 and they're like what what's that and you start what is that controller why does that have three arms (laughs) (laughs) you start introducing them to some of these games like mario party 2 or you know racers and stuff like that they just fall in love with it. just make sure the only advice i have for you rob is make sure you block off your child from like everything in the outside (laughs) world so that the first thing they know is like the Nintendo sixty four, because exactly. yeah, because otherwise they're gonna be like, why is this so ugly? I'm going to watch Nathan's wrong house with this play controller. Deluxe instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be like, Nathan doesn't exist. Well, Do not go there. <laughs> Here's kind of you know a follow up question: Is we talked about Goldeneye? Like, when do we think like, you know, personally for us, like, should we start like? playing games with guns or like shooting or something like that like i know all of us had pretty strict parents growing up where we weren't really allowed to play those games till probably till after most of our friends have already played them but uh do you you guys have any opinions or thoughts on that i think it it really depends on the kind of game it has with shooting so you look at something like Fortnite, where it's super colorful and Mm -hmm. it's yes there's guns and you're shooting there's but there's not blood it's not nearly as violent as something like 
like Call of Duty or mm. even something like GoldenEye where like when you died there was like a blood screen splash. Yeah. And I definitely played GoldenEye when I was like eight years old and I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to play yeah. that game. Well, GoldenEye yeah. was supposed to be realistic at the time. Yes, you know? exactly. But exactly. I think so with Fortnite, you know, it's not really about shooting. Like it's about building, having fun and stuff. For if you play a 20 minute match, you're probably only actually shooting the gun for maybe 40 seconds of that match. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, yeah. if it's not the focus, maybe you can start it a little earlier. Well, I think it also depends on, you know, the maturity of the kid that you're working with. Because, yeah, definitely. I mean, what are you putting them in front of, you know? And if you can justify, if you say like, hey, you know, I'm not going to let you play Fortnite because they shoot guns. But here, let's go watch the next Avengers movie where people are dying and getting beat up and punched <laughs> yeah. in the face. I mean... You know, you gotta you gotta weigh standards and just recognize how mature or what what can your kid handle. Yeah, for sure. And so, well, that's a good point that you have to really kind of look across really all media. You know, not just video games. You know, what music, what movies, other things. Yeah, and making yeah. sure it's appropriate no matter you know what the medium is. Exactly. I think, uh, but yeah, I think I think things like Fortnite or even something like Splatoon, where it's much more cartoony and. Um, something like that, I would be totally okay with introducing my child to, like when they're like seven or eight or something yeah. like that. But like, like around third, third grade, yeah, third, fourth yeah. grade, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe introducing some of the games more like the Halo or Golden Knight when they're thirteen or so, or you know, yeah. kind of looking Teenager. more into <laughs> you know teenage years and stuff like that. And and that's not a hard and fast rule. Um, yeah. yeah, I think as a video game, as media entertainment they like to put a certain age limit because that covers their basis. But I mean, really a lot of that's up to the parents and the kids and but just think, having open conversations. Yeah. But I think one of the important things is just someone like us who we are all immersed in the video game world and understand what's going on. I think we have such a leg up and we need to encourage like other parents who, mm-hmm. you know, don't play video games as much and stuff like that. And there's a lot of parents who maybe don't understand what's going on yeah, with a certain game informed, and they're not as yeah. informed. And so, they kind of allow their child to play whatever without really understanding what's going on. So yeah, exactly. Even playing a game, you know, by yourself, that's not really appropriate for a child to be in the room for. You know, I've I've been playing you know games with friends and like they've had you know their four year old child just stare and watch the entire thing as they're shooting up all these aliens and stuff, which you know might not be necessarily the best. So you have to kind of exactly. kind of monitor it and make sure it's in moderation and it's you know appropriate for what you and your family are doing but mm-hmm. anyways uh, enjoy our parenting podcast yeah, you can there find you go. <laughs> I know right <laughs> uh, I think we had some good insight um, Nathan what's your uh, last uh, game you think you'd want to introduce uh, so my last game I put is a Pokemon game and I'm not sure um, I think something like Pokemon Let's Go P- uh, Pikachu or Let's oh, Go yeah, Eevee that's totally. coming out something like that oh, yeah. um, would be amazing just because I played, you know, red and blue growing up. And so that being a remake of that is something, but kind of any Pokemon game. Um, I think about, um, Pokemon was kind of a older game that I was allowed to play when I was like six or seven or something like that. But yeah, had a lot more kind of, it kind of introduced me and taught me, um, more advanced strategy and video game mechanics. Tell you to believe in evolution instead of creation, right? Yes. Totally. <laughs> uh, no, but I, it taught me like more advanced strat- uh, video game mechanics and stuff like that. Like, I learned um, about uh, RPG, like leveling up and stuff like that, and learning uh, what turn-based battling was and how it worked, and moving. <clears throat> um, so it was. Well, just... it's, it's a great like my first RPG. Yes, like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, 
Plus, it's also really cute. There's lots of um, Pokemon are a lot like pets, and kids really connect um, with animals totally. a lot when they're growing up. So I think it's kind of the perfect combination for kids and something that I'd love if to. If you don't like your starter Pokemon, introduce, you'll find another one. Exactly. That you like. I'd love to introduce to my kid when they're like five or six or some, something well, along and with those lines. the with the popularity of Pokemon Go on the phones and everything, and how kids were just getting outdoors and, and you know, doing that with their parents and all that stuff, it makes sense to just be like, hey, here's this game that's all about that. Yeah, and this whole world is created just so you can run around and catch little creatures, and you don't even have to understand what the game's really about in order to play yeah. Pokemon. It's well, just so accessible. Yeah, and yeah. for me, that is one of the games I look back on my childhood, and it made me really fall in love with video games. Like, I clearly yeah. understand how I felt about video games before I played that game, and after that, played that game. <laughs> so the that first game you got addicted me. to, <laughs> maybe <laughs> could be a possibility. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, and even just with Pokemon Go, you know, I feel like that is the great starter for anyone into the Pokemon universe. And then, yeah. you know, once they get want a little bit more depth than just swinging and doing that, you know, something like Pokemon Let's Go, I think, will be a great, you know, first game for that. So, uh, nice pick, Nathan. Um, as for me, I think Super Smash Bros. has to be kind of the next one. Um, the thing I love about Smash Bros. is it's not really that like violent or really that mature. I mean, I guess it is rated teen, but I feel like I can play this with my child once they're, you know, six or seven or something like that. And the nice thing about Smash Bros. is it has so many characters in it. You know, like, I don't know which one we'll start with, but, you know, let's say we play with Ultimate and she's playing a lot with Pac-Man and she just likes Pac-Man for some reason. Then we can go, oh, sweet, let's go play the original Pac-Man game. or Bayonetta. <laughs> Not Bayonetta. <laughs> uh, but, you know... And I think it'll be kind of like Pokemon, where, you know, kids will gravitate towards whether it's Diddy Kong or Bowser or, you know, whoever. And then, you know, I'm a video game collector. I have pretty much at least one game for almost every character in Smash. We can go back and play those, you know, original um, games that those characters were in. You know, if they really like Fox, I can introduce Star Fox 64 to my child as well. So yeah. It's a great video game museum. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And great I think way to discover. even if you start with, like, Super Smash Bros. on the 64, it doesn't have as much of, like, the, like... As many characters. Esport game type methodology to it as some of the later editions. Yeah, it's more simplistic, but that's fine. It's more simplistic. It's got less characters. It's a really great introduction. And there's no Bayonetta, so you don't have to worry about, like... <laughs> Dad, what's all that all over her? Well, that's her hair. Yeah, it kind of makes me mad that Bayonetta got in because that's one reason, you know, it kind of puts the accessibility <clears throat> and the age rating of Smash just up. And it's really the only character that's more. That's literally why that one is rated T. It's so well, it's, it's so frustrating because I even had like students like ask me like a couple years ago when they were doing DLC and like, oh, what's the new DLC character? I'm like, I'm not gonna tell this child that there's a new character in Smash Bros. That's like a half-naked witch like this is ridiculous but yeah. anyways it is what it is um yeah i think smash bros still though yes no i, great. I think and that's a can, good choice for when they're a little bit older exactly and you, you know you can play time matches and they can jump off the edge eight times and you can still play and have fun and not have to worry about it yeah. so especially with all yeah. the amiibos i have too we can play with the amiibos oh <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be something my child will like start to them training play against this level 50 amiibo <laughs> come back to me when you can beat it uh, no, I, it'll like, be fun are you going to be that coach who just teaches your daughter to be the the next esport champion in super smash brothers you are training to be an esport athlete that way you can peak in two years and have no job exactly <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, uh, Rob, anyways let's Rob, see the last you have another one 
I do have one more. Um, I was just kind of thinking of this, and I actually add this to our notes as Let we were guess. talking. You're cheating again. It's not cheating, actually, because I'm going to narrow it down to one. Okay. Um, I was thinking about the LEGO series. So the LEGO series has got a ton of great games in it, but the one that I was particularly thinking of is LEGO's The Complete Star Wars Saga. Um, because I just feel like it was it's such a great game to jump into. It's Legos. I mean, mm-hmm. what kid doesn't like Legos? Let's be honest. We like Legos. And the fact that you get to play a game where literally all you're doing is playing with Legos in a world that's already established, you know, in some of these worlds like Avengers and Indiana Jones and all this stuff, but like Lego Star Wars in particular, my kids are going to be watching Star Wars from a really young age because, well, Star Wars. Yes. And so to have them be able to experience that in Lego form is just so cool to me. And I think like Lego franchise in general have so many great games that are so accessible to kids like lego star wars original trilogy that, that what we're talking if you yeah one. yeah yeah i think i think that's a great pick i actually when i, I think it was when i was in high school i bought uh i think the lego star wars complete saga or whatever yeah. it was yeah. and i played through it with my younger brother who was like i think i was like four, 15 or 16 and he was like six or seven at the time and it was a really great kind of bonding experience just for awesome. me and my younger brother because you know we had fun he knew what star wars was and kind of you um, but then as you're older, you get some of the jokes. And, yeah. Um, but it's also just a really fun game that you can play through together as duos. The puzzles aren't too hard. And, yeah, it's a great co-op um, game for sure. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Nice. Well, and good, good choice. The team fire is turned off, basically, so you can kill each other, but you just come right back. So there's just so <laughs> many things about it just make it so accessible to a kid who doesn't know video yeah. games. There's so. no, like, lives or anything like that. Yeah. Just... yeah, exactly. Cool. Very cool. Well, I think that wraps up our segment. Let us know what you thought of our new segment, and uh, if you'd like to hear us maybe do a part two sometime in the future. Um, moving on to what we're playing, I'm really excited for this segment because uh, <laughs> we've been playing some PlayStation VR this week, which... you got a story for us. Yeah, up until really this week, I know Nathan and I both, I've never really played VR. Like, I played like a demo once, I think, in the Microsoft Store. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm the same. I believe I also played that demo. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been really fun getting um, to play some more VR. Basically, uh, I've been in, interested, you know, in VR, but, you know, just with how expensive it is and, you know, everything, I just, yeah, you know, it's not really for me at this at this time. But uh, basically, uh, this weekend at, on Target.com, they had a deal where you could get a bunch of promo codes and, Basically, they're 15% off coupons, and you were able to stack seven different 15% off coupons, which meant I ordered a Xbox One and a PlayStation VR bundle, which retail for about 300 bucks each, and I got them both for a total of about $210. So I got an Xbox with Sea of Thieves and the VR Doom bundle for 100 bucks each, and I'm really glad I did because PlayStation VR is a ton of fun. Um, I think my favorite experience so far has probably been the Battlefront, um, the original Battlefront for uh, PlayStation 4. They added in a free DLC mission, which it was a VR Rogue One mission where you basically fly in an X-Wing, go around space, do some TIE fighter fighting, a Star Destroyer comes up right over you. And just being a huge Star Wars nerd, it's just like, I'm in an X-Wing, I can look around and look, oh, my, the coils are in attack position. And I know, Nathan, you played this morning too, and this was, I think, your favorite experience this, too, am I right? This, I was like sold on VR. I was like, if they made a full game that was like this, 
I would totally be in. And, you know, I've always been kind of, I've always been into Star Wars, obviously, and I've always been into kind of flight simulator um, type games where you get to fly around in a plane or something like that. And so oh, yeah. the combination yeah. of both of those things and being in the cockpit pit, yeah. it really, like, this sounds so cliche, <laughs> but it totally did feel like you were there and, like, being able to fly around and fly, like, really right next to the Death Star and see what that looked like. Um, mm-hmm. Up, or not the Death Stars, uh, Star Destroyer. Yeah, well, like, when it first comes over, you're just like, holy crap, <laughs> that you get this sense of scale that you don't get from watching, like, a movie. Yes, like. yes, exactly. So it was a ton of fun. They did a really good job with kind of all the audio cues and the music, and everything sounded really legit yeah. as well. So yeah, you you, uh, you talk really... with Queso from Rogue One, like, the droid from that movie, yeah. and, you know, they do the Red 5, standing by, Red 2, standing by, so it's... It, it feels totally like you're in a immersed movie. you in that experience. Wow, that's like so nothing impressive. else else yeah. has. It's really cool. When you, you next time you come up to my house, Rob. Yeah, you, I was like, gonna, oh my gosh, I have to do this. <laughs> and, I, and I was playing it. I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could like somehow show this to my dad or have like my dad yeah. know this because he would love this experience. Yeah, for sure. It's, so cool. I think it's one of those. I think experiences I'm going to make someone play every time they want to try VR at my yeah. house from now yeah, on. Totally. Uh, but yeah, so that's been really really cool. Um, I have been playing. Uh, a little bit of Doom VFR, which is pretty much just a remade um, using assets, you know, from the Doom 2015 game. And they just made it accessible to control with VR. And so basically you move around by doing quick dashes with the D-pad or by teleporting, by holding on the left trigger and you kind of aim where you want to go in the room and you'll just kind of jump there in slow motion. And I'm surprised because I played another demo for kind of an FPS game and it made me really kind of like motion sickness and it just... Didn't, didn't really look or feel very good, but Bethesda just made this, you know, FPS game with Doom VFR that just feels really smooth. It's a lot of fun. The For Glory kills, basically, if you just warp to a character when they're stunned, it'll just kind of, like, make them explode on the spot. Um, only really played, you know, the first part of the first level, so I'll, I'll probably have more impressions next week after I hopefully play some more of it. But um, that's been pretty awesome. cool. Um, and I did play a... I basically got a demo disc, so I had a bunch of little demos of games, and I will say Thumper has been a rhythm game that's been on like kind of my watch list for the last year. And I heard, oh man, like if at any way possible you can play this in VR, you got to play this game in VR. And I'd say I've never played it, but I played my first time for the first chapter on VR today. And my gosh, that game is amazing. Like I, I am totally sold on that game. I'm, I'm like tempted to just go download it right now. Like stop the show and go buy it. Cause it was just really fun. Um, just, it's like a psychedelic, like, trip with crazy Rhythm colors based. and it's very kind of like like dark electronica type music it's mm-hmm. it's rhythm based but it's kind of very like in your face and fast and has lots of clinging sounds it's i know it part from my description doesn't sound fun but it's just this really crazy um cool immersive experience that i want to play more of. are you shooting things or you're on a track no yeah or? you're pretty much on this track and as you look up in the distance you see like this track way ahead but you're going at like 100 miles per hour so you're not really steering, but basically little things will, little bumps will be on the track that you push X to the beat. There's times where you turn and you have to kind of like drift by pushing the direction. So control-wise, it's super simplistic. It's just more about the experience, really. So I've heard it gets really hard later on, but um, yeah, super, super cool game. I'm excited to hopefully uh, play the full game of that later on. But yeah, uh, we'll probably have more impressions next week, but... Overall, I'm impressed with how well the PlayStation VR works. You know, this is really the cheapest, most accessible level of VR out there. You know, it's a lot more easier to plug in and play than buying a 
fancy computer with Oculus or the Vive or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like the Vive. Like you have to set up cameras kind of all around the room. So yeah, you have to have like, and I wouldn't be able to play it in space. this room. I would yeah. have to, I'd have to move my furniture around and stuff. But it just uses the PlayStation yeah. camera and the tracking on the light lights on the controller and the headset. And it, I'm just really impressed with how it works. It doesn't feel like it's cheap or a gimmick. Like it doesn't work. Like it feels like it definitely does work as advertised. But um, hmm. yeah. It, cool. It's pretty cool. I, I really like it. So uh, hopefully we'll maybe have some more uh, segments in the future where you know I check in every once in a while with some uh, a cool VR experience. But awesome. Let us nice. know if any of you listeners out there have VR recommendations um, for me since I am new to the uh, system. Uh, I've only gotten one recommendation so far. A uh, friend of the show told me I got to try Super Hot in VR. That it's that's a lot of fun. So I might be checking that game out. But. Nice. Yeah. Other than that, I just played a little bit of my Walking Dead collection. I started that uh, playing the Michonne uh, series, which oh, I nice. played you know the first uh, third of it, and it's interesting. It's good. It doesn't really connect with any of the other Walking Dead games that Telltale's like done. Separate. Yeah, it's definitely a standalone. Well, because Michonne doesn't actually appear in any of the other Walking Dead ones. She's it's more like an intro to the character in the TV show. Yeah, for sure. It's more just based off of the character of Michonne. It really has nothing to do with the other ones, but. It's nice that it's included in that, that collection package, and you know it's a classic Telltale story that makes you go, oh, I just want to see what's in this next room or what happens with this character. So, um, yeah, hopefully it continues uh, continues well. But I'm planning on hopefully finishing that in the next week. It's it's shorter. I think it's the shortest Telltale game they've done. But cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Um, what about you, Nathan? Uh, so I've been playing um, Uncharted: Lost Legacy. Uh, I've been really busy with the work the last week, so I haven't had a ton of time to play, but I'm borrowing that from you, Jeffrey, and I've gotten to the fifth chapter, and... Nice. I think that's about where I am. Yeah, it's so you've got it. really enjoying it so far. The story is interesting. Um, it's kind of a lower-stakes tale. Um, I realized kind of playing through it, um, you get to this big open area, and there's a lot of... It's different from other Uncharted games, because mm-hmm. there's more freedom and player choice where For you're sure. like oh, we need to go to these, like, three different objectives, and you can go there in any order you want. Um, You have this big map to drive around. There's optional kind of side things you can do as well um, and side challenges that, you know, aren't super rewarding but are kind of fun to do. Uh, So I'm intrigued so far and excited to play more. Um, Yeah, I think think they kind of had some, you know, methods. I'm not going to say, like, tricks or anything, but some ways to, you know, kind of, extend that game and add more to it by you know having a giant area with multiple things to do rather than you know the most of the other char games are pretty linear you're going yeah. through new areas all the time yeah it is i will say it's, it's cool to play as as different characters but i feel like i'm not being drawn quite in it what in quite as much um with the story because it is mm-hmm. it's familiar characters i know chloe and nadine but it's not like nathan and you're not as invested exactly i'm not as invested so yeah that's my main problem with it as well i'm actually gonna jump in on this because i yeah i I also started playing it this week as well and my thing about it is like you said nadine and chloe are great characters but i don't care for them as nearly as much (laughs) as i did for any of the other characters they're great supporting characters they're great supporting characters and together there is kind of that you know I'm the the military person, I'm the thief, and, like, we have this sort of back and forth, like, we don't actually trust each other, which is good, but I actually hit that first open area where you can kind of go wherever you want, and I kind of sat there for a second and kind of went, I'm really tired, and the idea of just trying to go wherever sounds a little overwhelming. Sure. And so I actually turned it off and played 2K instead, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
I was just kind of like, I just had this moment. I was like, I want to play this game. But I don't think I was mentally prepared for how open that world was. Yeah. I was kind of expecting more of the linear experience, like you said. And so stepping out into a big open area, I was kind of like, my brain can't handle this right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I, I did appreciate is I finished that first big main area. Yeah. And there are, like, limited objectives. They're clearly marked on the map, so you can go to them. It's not something like Assassin's Creed where it's just this huge map, and you're like, I could With spend hundreds of markers, 10 yeah. hours playing, doing all these different side quests or, or whatnot. Um, it is something where I'm like, okay, I went through, and I just started kind of going very um, progressionally. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this one, then I'm going to go to the next closest one and check that off. And when I kind of approached it that way, um, yeah. it made it a lot more fun and more enjoyable. And each of the different activities, it kind of varied, and um, and so it, I felt like it was changing up the gameplay in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah and I'm I will get I will play it, and I and like I said, this isn't like a backlog game or something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I I literally just started playing this week, so I just was felt a little overwhelming to not have as linear, but I think it'll still be good. I just have to change my mindset into it. I think it's just kind of like the solo Star Wars movie where it's like, you know, they took supporting characters that people really liked made the main character wasn't the greatest star wars movie this isn't the greatest uncharted game but no one's mad that this exists it's still good it's enjoyable if you really love uncharted you know you have another story in that universe that you get to tell just don't go in i think expecting it to be the best uncharted game or to be as invested in the characters as you were in nathan drake and stuff so yeah and it's nice having characters that we know so that's always positive and not having like some spinoff that you're like, well, this is set in the same world, but we literally have not seen any of these characters ever before. Yeah. I think it was smart. That's that what they you, Prometheus. Yes, for sure. Yep. Cool. So that's pretty much actually all I've been playing. Um, I did pick up Batman Enemy Within today from Target. Nice. So season two. Season two of the Telltale nice. Batman. I'm very excited to check that out. So I'll have more impressions next week. Very cool. Raw. Um, so, like I said, I played Uncharted Lost Legacy a little bit. Uh, not super long played a little bit i'll get back into it probably this week um i played a little bit more assassin's creed origins i already beat the game but i went through and just have kept doing all these side missions and quests and everything and then i started i literally stopped playing and moved to something else because i was going through the missions or i was going across the map and just completing all the side quests as I went, all the questions were like, like systematically, kind of. Like systematically, and I stopped. Like and I was classic like, Rob. I was like, I don't need to do this. <laughs> of course, really, not. there's no point to me doing this right now. So I turned it off and uh, turned on Telltale Batman. Wow, game. I, I am very job, impressed, Rob. Rob. I, I I need to give you a hand <laughs> clap for that. That that it's a big moment Good for you. I felt really proud of myself. I uh, will probably go back and play Assassin's Creed Origins tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I jumped into Telltale Batman. I finished it. Oh, you finished the whole season? Yep. Season one. Nice. What did you think? I liked it a lot. I... The one thing that really bothered me... I don't know how much I can throw out there that's spoilers All right. oh, if, if yep. you if you don't want any spoilers for batman season one fast forward 30 seconds go yeah thomas and martha wayne i hate what they did with them i i liked it because i did not expect that. yeah i'm like that, it's a cover-up it like it's not they're not gonna do that like i don't 
I didn't love the direction it went, but I, I appreciate it just because it was something different from what we've normally seen with Batman. And that's I, what I appreciate about that whole first season, yeah. is that it just took that's everything true. and what you were expecting and warped it and went in a different direction. Hey, I, I like the fact that they changed a lot of details. They made it very unique. I like some of the stories that, like, Penguin's story is incredible. Uh, Two Face and Bruce Wayne, you know Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne's yep. stories and their interactions together are awesome. Catwoman is really incredible character in there. Gordon is awesome. All right, spoilers over. <laughs> I just didn't like that move. Yeah, mostly because every iteration I've pictured them as like honorable in a certain way, and they have so it you felt that, like, like it betrayed the character. I felt like it betrayed the characters that have been established in Batman lore since the 1940s. Wow. Being so, a huge comic so nor- did nerd. that, like, I guess my I question am. for you is, was that such a big deal for you that it kind of turned you off to the, like, season two is out, I just bought it. Is Did it turn you off to continuing to play through that universe? No, or I will still play through just, the game. I just, that's part of it. I really struggled to get over that whole thing. I yeah. like, I still am bitter about it. <laughs> Well, being a huge comic nerd as well myself, like when people do that to stories, like it does make me mad sometimes. I didn't mind this one because I'm not the biggest Batman fan, and I feel like Thomas and Martha Wayne have like really not that much really story in the comics. Like they're they're just kind of you know the prerequisite to Batman's story. Now if they did it's something with comic, yeah, but if they did something with that with Spider Man, I kind of feel like I would be mad. You know, if they had Uncle Ben be like a criminal and like. Yeah. He did something bad to, that caused him to be Spider-Man. Like, I would well, probably be upset. And too, Batman so. is your favorite superhero. Is that correct, Rob? That is correct. And also, you know... So I think that's part uh, of it, too, which seen, I can understand. We've seen iterations of them. Actually, one of my favorite iterations is actually where the thief in the alley kills Bruce Wayne instead of Martha and Thomas. Yeah. And Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, and Martha becomes the Joker. Ooh. I have not <laughs> read this fun. story. That <laughs> sounds fascinating. Awesome. Check it out. And Thomas is not afraid to kill. Oh. So he's not like the justice. Like Dude, This is dark. This is a very Great. dark story. Check it out. If you want a good I mean, interest in comic. If a story starts out with a child dying, I guess you know it's dark going yeah, in. But anyways, but, have you been playing anything else, Rob? I played some 2K, like I said. And then also, kind of a cool story for you guys. PlayStation Network did a sale not too long ago. Mm. I was kind of looking at the sale, and I realized it was it was a really good sale. So I picked up uh, Overcooked nice. for Dude. $4. Our top 50 games? you, you got to play. try and get your wife to play that with you. Yes, it's, it's such a great, a great wife multiplayer game. game. Mm-hmm. I got to pick up a second controller. Um, yes. But picked up Overcooked for $4. And then picked up Dragon Age Inquisition on PlayStation 4, the Game of the Year edition, for about 8 bucks. Nice. nice. Is, that, is that the best you, Dragon you Age started, game? That's the most recent Dragon Age game. That's, that is the most recent. And the thing is, I've played through Dragon Age Origins uh, one and a half times. And played through Dragon Age 2, but I started Dragon Age Inquisition and could never get into it, and then PS4 came out, and so I kind of just sort of backlogged it. <laughs> yeah. So now's but the time. Now that it's on PS4, and I got it for really cheap, I put in like an hour the uh, uh, last night, and so it kind of felt like, okay, or yesterday morning, and I felt like, oh, I feel like I can actually get into this because it's on my PS4, and 
it just is so much easier to turn my PS4 on than to try and figure out how to reconnect my Xbox 360 and everything. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I understand that. Well, and what I've heard about that game is, like, you kind of have to get through the opening act. Like, the opening yeah. act is kind of slow, and then once you get into it, then it gets really good. So Yeah, I just kept getting distracted by other big RPGs, so I feel like Dragon Age Inquisition might be my big RPG for the next few weeks. Is it going to be your new Fallout 3? <laughs> No. <laughs> Hopefully not. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can beat it a lot faster than Fallout 3. Because I actually <laughs> have motivation to beat this one. Fallout That's... 3, I fell by the wayside. I'll probably beat Fallout 3 eventually. Maybe in 20 years. By the time Fallout 6 comes out. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> cool. Alright, so that's what we've been playing. Um, anything else to shout out, gentlemen? Yeah, I think uh, just make sure you're following us on Twitter at Halison underscore games uh yeah and we'll see you guys next week on episode 104 so i think we are leaving you with the uncharted 4 official main theme so uh enjoy and uh yeah go play some games this week enjoy enjoy your summer gaming time this is a great time to be playing games i I know nathan Mm -hmm. and i were like it's too hot here we i'm just gonna stay inside and play games today (laughs) so it's it's okay to do that every now and then so Anyways, have a great week, everyone. See ya. See ya.